Welcome to Therapist's Guide to Getting Unstuck, the podcast all about erasing the stigma around mental health. I'm Monica Pitek fugetti a licensed and nationally certified counselor specializing in anxiety and trauma treatment. You can find out more about me on my website at wholemindwellnessplc.com. Now let's get on to the show. Hello and welcome back to the show. I'm Monica Pitek fugetti and I am your host of the Therapist Guide to Getting Unstuck. I want to tell you a little bit about the week that I had with my tooth. I have this cap on my tooth. I've had it for a little while, maybe about a year. Before Christmas, it fell off. I was eating some gummy candy because I like them and they're very yummy. So I was eating them. And as I was doing that, it pulled the cap right out of my tooth. So obviously the first response is, I don't want to go to the dentist. So how can I fix this? So I decided to put some fix-it-in on it, and that worked for a couple days, but then after a while, it just wasn't strong enough, so the cap just kept falling out. So I did this little game between early December until this past week of putting fix-it-in on, putting the cap in, having it fall out, repeat. I did that a lot. It was a fun little game that I played. Finally, I went to the dentist, and they said, oh, well, you have decay underneath there as well. So we're going to want to fix that, but we're going to have to take another appointment for that. So let me just cement this cap in. Okay, fine. Great. Thinking this is fantastic. So they cement it in and everything's fine. And then the next day I start to feel this shooting toothache. If you've ever had a toothache, it's pretty unbearable. It feels similar to constantly biting on aluminum foil, but almost worse. It's just, it's horrible. It's like a shooting pain. So I decide to fix this by just putting Orangel on it constantly and taking a lot of ibuprofen. My appointment to get this tooth fixed is not for a couple weeks, but I want to avoid going because I hate going to the dentist. It hurts to get numbed and, and have the cavity fixed. It's time that I don't really have. So I'm trying to move away from that and I don't like it. So I am choosing really to live in pain and eat on the right side of my mouth. I have to be pretty clever about drinking cold liquids because it is extremely excruciating. So that's my week. Why am I telling you all this? Because today I want to talk about something called experiential avoidance. It's a term that we use in acceptance and commitment therapy. So experiential avoidance is basically when we move away from the things that cause pain and towards the things that cause comfort. So let's back up a little bit. Back in the primitive days when we didn't really have great function of our frontal lobes and the higher order thinking didn't really set in yet, we could sense fear just by a feeling that we had. So if there's a tiger coming toward us, we know that we want to move away from the tiger. There's that fear. We want to stay away from the things that could cause actual, literal bodily harm to us back then. So as time goes on, we started naming and identifying all these emotions like happiness, avoidance, fear, sadness, all of those things, right? And what we did is we ended up labeling those emotions with the same sort of labels that we did for actual 
threats that were to our lives. So now, as we are higher thinking beings, we take these thoughts and emotions and we want to avoid the ones that make us feel bad. What can happen then is, say your goal is to get a job that you have really wanted to get. It's right in your career field and you really want to get it. So you work hard to move toward that goal by going to school, getting the credentials and all the things. And then the day comes for the interview. And as that day is progressing, you start to feel yourself getting a little more anxious. You start to tell yourself stories that this is way over my head. I don't deserve this. I'm not smart enough for this. And you start to give yourself all of these negative messages. So then you stop moving toward that goal and you turn around and decide not to go to the interview and you walk the other way away from those negative feelings. And the first response that you feel is relief. Immediately you're thinking, I don't have to feel all this anxiety and all these negative emotions anymore. Thank God. But what happens with that is that you also don't get the reward of potentially getting the job that you really wanted to get. So it's similar to my tooth situation as well, right? Basically what I am doing is I am avoiding the situation that is causing me pain. I am telling myself this, this is going to be worse than I'm expecting. It's going to cause a lot of physical pain. I have some anxiety about going to the dentist. My jaw hurts to keep it open for that long. I don't have time for this. I have other things that I want to do. So what I'm doing is putting off calling the dentist to see if I can move up my appointment and I'm living with this pain. The result of this experiential avoidance is prolonged pain for myself. Experiential avoidance is extremely common. We all do it. Some of us do it a lot during the day. Those of us with anxiety or depression or just a lot of ruminating thoughts and, and uncomfortable emotions, may you may find yourself really moving away from that discomfort. And sometimes you move away from it by trying to talk yourself out of it, which doesn't really work so much because first you got to feel it, right? But sometimes people can go to very extreme measures to escape these uncomfortable feelings. Substance abuse, they can, they can partake in risky behaviors. And that is a very real thing when, when we see people that have addiction or legal issues or something that is maybe a little bit more severe. We want to ask ourselves, what is it that they're trying to avoid? Because they're probably trying to escape from something that causes a lot of discomfort. Experiential avoidance is really, really common in trauma situations and PTSD, because if you've had a traumatic event, you don't want to have to feel those feelings again. So you try to avoid the things that might trigger those feelings. So then you might find yourself having some social anxiety or obsessive compulsive thoughts or generalized anxiety or just an underlining fear of things that maybe do not prompt fear in other people. So what happens with experiential avoidance is it's seen as a coping style, but it may actually perpetuate problems or produce new ones even. For example, trying to not feel anxious may perpetuate anxiety instead of allowing it to dissipate. In fact, I'm going to say it does. Trying to talk yourself out of the negative feelings actually makes it, the negative feelings worse. So in cases with trauma, 
using experiential avoidance in a prolonged way can actually increase a traumatized person's risk of developing PTSD. There's a there was a study done in like 2014 or something that uh, found that abused children were much more likely to develop PTSD if they tried to avoid painful thoughts and emotions after the abuse rather than talking about their negative feelings. So the use of experiential avoidance is just one of three emotion regulation strategies that increase the risk of PTSD. The other two emotion regulation strategies implicated in PTSD are rumination and thought suppression. When you're trying to avoid the uncomfortable feeling or emotion that comes along with the event, what can happen too is that you find yourself trying to suppress those thoughts and also ruminating on those thoughts. Those things together can really be toxic in creating a PTSD type of situation. So what's the opposite of avoidance? Acceptance. You might have heard me say in the beginning of this episode that experiential avoidance is some is a term that is used in acceptance and commitment therapy. Basically what that is, it's it's a therapy developed to reduce experiential avoidance based on the idea that suffering comes not from the experience of emotional pain, but from an, our attempted avoidance of that pain. So if I'm working with somebody from an acceptance and commitment therapy approach, my goal is to help you be open and willing to have your inner experiences while at the same time focusing attention, not on trying to escape or avoid the pain, but instead on living a meaningful life. So basically, a lot of the questions are, well, can you can you sit with that? Can you live with that? Can these two things coexist together? Can you be happy and discouraged at the same time? Can you be fearful and hopeful at the same time? Can these two feelings sit together? The answer is yes, they can. So where do we start with knowing whether or not we are avoiding things? So the first thing that we do is we identify what our values are. And then we do this thing that is named psychological flexibility. So what happens is write down a list of the things that you value. Remember, values are not goals. Values are the things that you hold dear. So maybe you value health, so your goal is weight loss. Do you see the difference there? So values can be integrity, they can be communication, they can be family, they can be humor, all of these things that you might value. Take a minute and write down those things that you value. I want you to think about how it feels when you move away from those values. What comes up for you? What are the emotions that you're feeling? And then think about what it feels like when you move toward those values. Again, what comes up for you? What are the emotions that you're feeling? Remember that sometimes you have to move through the discomfort to get to your values. When we are constantly resisting moving toward our values, which would be psychological inflexibility or a fixed mindset, we are not doing ourselves any favors and we're not actually experiencing any personal growth at all. What we're doing is trying to protect ourselves. And with people with trauma and high levels of anxiety, this is a very, very scary thing to move outside of your comfort zone and actually intentionally move toward the discomfort so that you can get to your goals. So if you're if your value is to live a meaningful, empowered life, your goal might be to work on the behaviors that are prohibiting you from doing that. Those two things 
might feel like they're working in opposition with each other because in order to work on those behaviors, you have got to lean into the discomfort. But that's psychological flexibility when you're constantly asking yourself, okay, well, this is uncomfortable right now, but is this part of my value system? Okay, I think that it is part of my value system, which tells me I need to move forward in this direction, knowing that eventually I'll get to the place that I want to be. Now, you don't have to do that alone. I always, obviously, I always recommend therapy because it works. If you work it, you can't just show up to a therapist and expect it to work if you don't do anything. The therapy really happens in between the sessions. The therapist acts as your guide to help you to understand your thought and emotional process a little bit better so you can leave with strategies. So when you have a lot of anxiety or you've experienced a lot of trauma, you have probably spent an entire lifetime trying to protect yourself from any sort of pain. So it's going to take a while and there's strategies that you will want to learn that can help you move toward your value base. So the psychological flexibility model of acceptance and commitment therapy, otherwise known as ACT, there are six pillars of that, and I'm not going to go into all of them today, but it's important to know that if you are working with somebody who practices acceptance and commitment therapy, then you will probably go through these six pillars. So they're acceptance, obviously, cognitive diffusion, being present, self as context, values, and committed action. So all of those things work together to give you psychological flexibility and to provide a framework for you to live your most empowered life. So I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about experiential avoidance today. Maybe you'll take some of what you learned and go ahead and write down your values and ask yourself if you're moving toward or away from your values. Thank you for listening to this episode of Therapist Guide to Getting Unstuck with your host, Monica Pitek Fugetti. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a five-star rating and write a review. And be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you want to learn more strategies on how to live with anxiety, you can download my ebook, How to Live with Anxiety, Simple Strategies to Empowerment. You can go on over to payhip.com and download it from there. That's P-A-Y-H-I-P dot com slash lowercase b slash the number three, lowercase t, lowercase v, and the letter or the number six. Download that and let me know what you think. And if you are looking for a therapist and live in the Michigan area, I offer online and in-person therapy and you can go on over to my website at wholemindwellness.com and register there. Hope you enjoyed the show and have a great day.